This episode of the Local Hustlers podcast is brought to you by Audible. If you're listening to this podcast right now, then I'm going to assume that you would also enjoy listening to audiobooks. Whether you're interested in business, history, comedy, science fiction, or romance, Audible has thousands of titles for you to choose from. We want you to try out Audible for free, so if you head to our link, you'll get a 30-day free trial and a free book. So go to audibletrial.com slash local hustlers podcast to redeem your trial today. Again, that's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, trial.com slash local hustlers podcast. You're listening to the Local Hustlers Podcast, your go-to source for connecting with small businesses and entrepreneurs in the East Valley. Get ready to be inspired by local entrepreneurs as they share their stories, mindset, best tips, and advice. And now, your co-hosts, Dallin and Eric Huso. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Local Hustlers Podcast. This week, we're super excited to be here with Maria Bernard with Deco Inc. Designs. Yeah. How's it going? Good, 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 good. Long day, but so good. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking time out of the long, busy day to uh, come talk to us today. Yeah. Um, Take a couple minutes before we jump into the business and give us a little background on your life. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I say I'm an Arizona native just because, like, I literally had no memory of Mexico because I was brought here at a very young age of two Mm -hmm. and a half. My parents actually were kind of forced due to like some family trauma, were forced to cross the border illegally. And so most of my life I spent, uh, you know, living in a kind of very fearful world because we were immigrants and we were illegal. And, you know, my parents knew that and my we knew that. And you know, so growing up in Arizona, it was a pleasure. Like it's been my home yeah. since I could remember, right? But it was also like very, very uh, fearful to have to live with that most of my life. And then it wasn't very apparent or like noticeable for me. Like it didn't hit me until I got to high school, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna make my parents proud. I'm gonna get us out of this. Like, no more paycheck to paycheck, right? Like I'm gonna go to school, go to college, and I had great teachers like the best math teachers in the world and so they actually were the ones that inspired me to like really work hard to get to college and so um it didn't hit me that I was an illegal immigrant until (laughs) I was denied my uh full ride ASU scholarship and then I was denied my full ride to Chandler Gilmore Community College and then I was like great what am I gonna do with my life and then at the time there was like a prop 303 that was not counting the fact that I was a resident of Arizona because I was an illegal immigrant. So if I wanted to go to college, I'd pay triple tuition, which obviously I can't afford. I can't even get a job. I don't have a social security number, right? So lots of things like happened within that time frame. And then I got married to my high school sweetheart at 18. And then he went off to college and, you know, we had to deal with immigration lawyers and all that stuff. And Long story short, I ended up having to do self-deportation so that I would not be charged thousands of dollars for the illegal act that I did at two and a half years old. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so I just decided, you know what, I'd rather not pay all that money. I would rather have that money go to school, right, and education. So I'm like, let me just go back to my hometown, which I didn't know anything about, but Um, again, my family left because there was like some family drama and they were forced to leave, but we have a lot of family. I mean, 
my mom's side of the family is very well off. There's doctors, there's dentists, there's lots of very well off people. My dad's side of the family are also well off. They own businesses, they're entrepreneurs, but at the time when my parents left, they were not doing very well. But I had people to go back to. So um, the lawyer, my husband was still in Missouri. He played Truman State University. He was on a full ride scholarship doing football there. And uh, we did a whole year of international long distance, <laughs> which at the time had MySpace, so we were able to connect <laughs> through MySpace. Um, but yeah, uh, the lawyer said I would be there three, a year to three years. It ended up being a year. I actually landed foot back in U.S. soil when Obama became president in 2008, December, no, November 4th. One of those days, November 4th, 2018 or something like that. But um, I was there for a total of about 11 months. Um, it was the best time of my life. I will say that I got to meet all of my relatives I had never met before. All the people that had been trying to come to the U.S. but couldn't because um, after 9-11, things got really difficult for any type of immigration or any people to come over. So even though they were doing well off and wanted to come and get a visa, they couldn't. So it was the first time I ever met like my grandma and a lot of people. So um, it was a, it was a good time. But then I, I came back and I remember enrolling myself at Chandler Gilbert Community College. Without then, a scholarship? What was that? Without a Without scholarship? Without a scholarship, yep. Okay. Just paying on my own. But because I was coming back as a married individual, no longer with my parents, and not living with my spouse, it allowed me to apply for FAFSA. So, it, I mean, essentially, I was like this poor person that yeah. didn't have anywhere to live, right? So um, FAFSA totally helped. Um, so I got some, now that I was a resident of the United States of America, and I was like, I wasn't a resident of Arizona. So like, even though I lived here my whole life, they still charged me outside tuition, like out of state tuition. But that was like no biggie, right? Compared to three times the amount I was gonna pay. Right. Yeah, so then I went I went through college, I went to ASU. I was inspired by math teachers like I had mentioned before. So I wanted to be a high school math teacher for the rest of my life and retire. And <laughs> so it's just funny how like, this is kind of how my story begins with like the entrepreneur stuff. Uh, let's see, I graduated in 2013 from ASU and I got pregnant actually my last year and my husband had already came back to Arizona. He had already graduated Truman State University. So we were living in an apartment. I got pregnant and then I was like, great. I don't know how I'm gonna finish this school year. So I ended up finishing early. So I got a minor in math and a major in education, but I wasn't able to finish like the full secondary ed education like fully certified teaching even mm -hmm. though I did exactly what everybody did but I just didn't do the student teaching part so when I left ASU and graduated I had a six-month-old my husband was going through a master's program and we had like no money so for me to be a teacher not certified and have to pay for certification it was just a little difficult I found a way out though. Um, I was working at Bank of America through college uh, at a customer service phone call center. And so that's where I stayed after I graduated ASU, but then I got connected with a charter school that, and I have a lot of things to say about charter schools. <laughs> 
because that's where I actually taught. Um, I got connected through a cousin who was working in a school district who knew of a principal that was hiring, but they were hiring at a charter school. So I took the job. It was a middle school math teacher. Loved the students. It was an amazing experience. I think I want to eventually work with young women again within those ages, 13 to 18. You know, I think that women and in those ages like need a lot of reinforcement, a lot of encouragement, a lot of, uh, you know, embracement of like who they are. But anyways, so I taught for a year and that charter school, man, okay, I'm not going to say much about it, but all I'm going to say, if anybody's listening and they have kids at any school, right? It could happen at a public school. Um, charter schools, they say they have a little more like stipulations. They have more enforcement, but they kind of have, they do, but they kind of can get away with it more because it's their own kind of enforcement. So it, it just didn't go well to say, to say the least. And um, I left that school because I got pregnant with my daughter and I had finished the whole school year, was hoping to go back a second year. Cause again, I love the students, even though the school was kind of a wreck, um, but they wanted me back right in August and I had my daughter in June. And so since she was a preemie and she was in the NICU, I couldn't really go back um, right away. But I ended up, which by the way, I forgot to tell parents, go volunteer at the school your kids are at because that's important for you to kind of gauge what kind of school it is. But um, I ended up not going back and it was like probably the toughest time of my life because I was hit with postpartum depression. I didn't go back to teaching, which was, which was my like dream, right? I was gonna teach for the rest of my life. This is what I was gonna do. And then my husband was going, he, he was the only one kind of bringing in the income and he was in his last year of his master's program to become a high school or a school psychologist. And so it kind of just spiraled from there. I stayed home with my kids for eight months. Kudos to all the stay-at-home moms or parents <laughs> that do it every day because, oh my goodness, it is a job uh, times 10. And as much as I know that my kids needed me home and as much as like there really was no income to like pay for daycare or anything like that, um, it was tough and I enjoyed it. Like I, I enjoyed the fact that I was there, but there was something missing. And I think it was just the fact that I've always been a goal getter and, and like the fact that I had no goal to go to, you know, and as a mom, I think having to take care of kids, change diapers all day, nurse my child, and like constantly keep their brains active. It was just a really tough thing because you kind of lose sight of who you are and you forget that old Maria, right? The the one that didn't have kids, the one, what did she like to do kind of yeah. thing. So my friend recommended I do calligraphy because in high school, I was that girl who would write everybody's name all pretty and I would, you know, go around and color palm trees and do all these things. And so she, we actually were living with her at the time because again, we were going through a lot of heartache and my husband was the only one bringing in income. And so we had to live with her at the time. And um, she had a beautiful home in Seville in Gilbert and she's single so we're like yay we got this beautiful home with their two kids you know it's not ours but hey and so it was 
in that house, in that office, where it all started. I uh, started doing calligraphy. I found she actually tagged me on Instagram. The power of Instagram and social media, right? She tagged me on a uh, account called the Handlettered ABCs, and it was three women who were handling the account. And they would post calligraphy, this beautiful calligraphy, and I was like, oh my gosh, I wanna do that. It looks so cool. So every night when my husband would get home, eventually when I like finally ordered the pens on Amazon and I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this, I just hand over the kids and I'm like, hey, I'll be in the office if you need anything. If the baby needs to nurse, come get me. Otherwise, like I'll be there for hours. And I was, I was there for like four to six hours some night. Like it was just so soothing. It was like calligraphy really makes you slow down. Like it literally makes you slow down because if you go through it too fast, you're not gonna be able to create the strokes that you want right. and create yeah. the pretty writing, right? So it was definitely a good soothing technique. And then eventually I did go back to work. I went back to Bank of America and um, uh, ended up being there for graveyard shift. Like I worked nights and it was terrible because how, why was I thinking, because we were trying to save money. And so we're like, no daycare, right? So my husband goes to work in the morning and then I go to work at night, but then I forgot about me, how, mm -hmm. okay, I still have to wake up with the kids, right? So I had like little or no sleep. It was like the worst time of my life because I was trying to juggle everything, work, kids, and then self-care. And it was just very apparent that I couldn't take care of myself. But during that time, a friend of mine who I was working right next to, you know, you have your, your set. If you worked at a call center before, you have your little sets over mm -hmm. your ear and you're waiting for a phone call to come in. Well, in between phone calls, a friend of mine saw me doing calligraphy because I would just take my little journal everywhere. And she's like, did you know there's a place called the tech shop where you could turn your calligraphy into a laser cut? And I was like, what, what's that? Like, what are you talking about? And so then she told me about the tech shop. It was in downtown Chandler. And unfortunately there's no tech shops around anymore, but um, it's a place where literally lots of creatives and small business owners would go and use all of their industrial machinery. So it was okay. like sewing machines, woodworking, yeah. All that stuff, right? You can make T-shirts, you can make three right. D option yeah. objects, and so uh, initially, I was like super worried to walk in because I had drove by there several times after she told me about it. And then a friend of mine was getting married and had requested for me to do something for her, so I was like, okay, now I need to really go to the tech shop and find out what I could do with my calligraphy, right? So then. <laughs> I finally walked in because I was so scared. There was a lot of men. Nothing towards you men, right? But like <laughs> when you're the only woman in a room, since I had kind of already been the only woman in a room, going through ASU, being a minor in math, all my classes were with all these men who were engineers and, you know, going, it was just very intimidating sometimes. And so I finally just walked in and I took a class on how to use the laser. And it was, it was just me, the only woman with like five other men. Yeah. And I remember the instructor was very, very rude. I left crying in fact, because he was talking about X, Y, and Z. And like, you wouldn't know this, he'd tell me. And I'm like, oh, that's very rude that he's like assuming that just cause I'm the girl, like I wouldn't know math. Um, but I perfectly did. Like I knew exactly what he was talking about. And so um, I left crying because at the end of that class, we had to like create something and obviously I didn't get it right away. Um, not because I was incompetent, but because 
the way I learn, I have to do over and over again or I have to practice. And so anyways, I was like, I'm never going to go back to the tech shop. Hmm. And my husband's like, no, it's okay. You could do it. And so I got over that hump and I burned through so much cardboard. I burned through so much wood and several times caught the laser on fire. Hmm. Um, So I had a lot of failures. There was like lots of times that I was like, wait, why am I doing this? And I was like, oh, wait, it's cool. It's cool. I really want to do this. So um, my very first laser cut was my sister-in-law's name, Sarah, and I laser cut her name out of cardboard. And then after that, when I got a hang of it, I was like, cool, I'm going to do this. And so I started selling, I started, I opened up an Etsy account and it was funny because I was like, "Uh Oh, like I need an EIN. Like I need, you know, the employee, the, uh, entrepreneur, or the, what's it called? Is it employee? Employer identification number. number. Yeah, that's what it is. Thank you. So I actually walked into Bank of America because I bank with them and I had worked with them and all my accounts were with them. So I was like, hey, I'm just here to open up an account so that all the funds go into one you know, account for my business stuff. I just wanted to keep my business stuff to- right. separate. Funny enough, like I literally left there an hour later. I spoke to a business banker and I had my LLC that day. He like submitted all the paperwork for me. Didn't think I was going to become an LLC. I was just trying to get like a separate account. And I knew in the back of my mind, I was going to eventually need that EIN that Etsy was asking for. But I was just like, oh, well, as long as I have like an account that things deposit to, well, I ended up leaving as a LLC and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't expect this. So, um, as time went on, like this business was developing, I was still working at Bank of America, no longer graveyard shift. I was, (laughs) um, in the mornings. Um, but yeah, it was like becoming a business and I was like hold on what is happening right now right like I was going to the tech shop very often I was fulfilling orders now on Etsy laser cut you know for nursery names laser cut my hand letter laser cuts right so it was fun and I learned a lot during that time and it was great because I had people that were working there to help me through any like failures with the laser because had I just said oh, I'm going to start a business and get a laser. Like, I don't know if that would have worked out because Mm -hmm. I had no way to like learn the laser or like be comfortable with it. So anyways, um, I was there for about a year and then they went bankrupt and closed their doors without telling anybody. So one day I get off of work at Bank of America, right? And I'm going to my second, you know, hustling job, right? my little side biz and I go to open the door at the tech shop and I was I remember like there the parking lot was dead and I was like no one's here what happened so I'm like I'm gonna get the laser all to myself like I won't have to like you know worry about the time limit and so I, I try to open the door and then it says like we are no longer open for business and I was like wait a second I have some of my materials in there like I have my wood in there like I like what are you talking about right like I have orders to fulfill on Etsy yeah and so I remember going to work the next day and saying like, oh, I guess, you know, I just got to climb the ladder here at Bank of America now. Because even though, yes, I was already, you know, taking on new jobs at Bank of America and I could see myself becoming a manager, you know, within the near two years or so, um, I knew that my business was kind of taking off faster than I wanted it to. So I was like, eh, it's okay. I'll just try and focus more on my side business. Hopefully it becomes a business. And so I was going to give up that next day and i was like well, i don't have a laser i looked up how much they were they were like 20 plus thousand dollars each and then i was trying to figure out what was going to happen to all the industrial machines at the tech shop and i couldn't get access to that 
So um, earlier that year, so that happened in 2017, November 2017, Tech Shop closed. Earlier that year, April of 2017, my father-in-law passed away unexpectedly. And he was the tech guy. If you walked into his house, there'd be computers literally all over the place. He was a wizard. Like, he could fix your computer in no time. He could tell you what was wrong. He could take it apart, put it back together in, like, perfect condition. Like, mm. he was a great, great guy. Um, he actually was a nurse most of his life. He worked kind of, like, developing programs, like, technology to better service, right, hospitals and uh, nurses. And so, anyways, he passed away unexpectedly. And right before he passed away, he had actually gifted me uh, an iPad. It wasn't an iPad, but it was, like, one of those things where, like, you could write and then it would, like, transfer to a computer and then I could vectorize it. Instead of what I was normally doing to fulfill my Etsy orders was I would literally write the name on a piece of paper, scan it in, bring it in as a PNG or a JPEG, and then vectorize it. And I'd spend hours trying to like literally make this name work and laser cut into an actual object. And so when he gave me that, I was like, oh, this is so cool. I can now like directly go to a computer and have it already ready to be vectorized without all the scanning. Um, so a month later, he passed away and when we were settling everything by November when tech shop closed my husband had already been gifted his dad's life insurance money and so never in a million years would I have expected a I'd be an entrepreneur b I'd own my own business and c losing my father-in-law but even more so my husband saying like I want to invest in your business like what do we have to do to keep your business going right and I was like, what? No, you don't understand. Like, it's really expensive. And he's like, it's okay. I'll buy you a laser. I'm like, you really don't know how expensive these things are. So we looked into it together and we, you know, after a long month of like, you know, talking to all these laser fabrication, you know, manufacturers, we decided to go with a universal laser. It was a 32 inch bed by 18 inches and it was... $23,000 after taxes and I was like oh my gosh this is so painful to like right. swallow right <laughs> but at that moment I said okay Maria this was in December my birthday's on Christmas so he kind of like did it as a birthday gift <laughs> and I remember saying to myself okay like this is a very expensive investment if I'm going if we're going to do this like I need to do this full time so I put my two weeks in like December 15th and my last day was a little bit after my birthday. Um, and it was really weird because again, I had worked at Bank of America for at this time, five years now, you know, on and off. And so it was really weird to let go of that customer service, that like long time relationship with people I had made. And so I remember it was like January, 2018 and I'm like twiddling my thumbs I had kids, obviously, to take care of. But at the same time, I was, like, there, like, just my kids and I were just, like, I'm, like, what am I going to do? I have this big laser. Okay, I know I have to fulfill these orders. Like, all the orders I had to not fulfill in November, I had refunded all their money. So I really didn't have any new orders. But I'm, like, what am I going to do with this laser? And I'm, like, okay, just do what you know what to do, Maria. Just just do it. And so 
Um, my husband had actually gifted me again an iPad to go with my laser so that I could just complete the set and just do everything a lot smoother and less time. And so I opened up the Etsy account back up and I started selling items. And by like June of 2018, I had already sold over 700 orders on, I had fulfilled already 700 orders or so. And so it was doing, it was doing great. And then gosh, is everything else from there is kind of like a blur because again, um, this whole journey never would I have imagined being a business owner. If someone told me 10 years ago, you're going to own your business and you're going to hire employees and give people opportunity to thrive. I would have been like, no way. Like I'm not good at sales. Like I, you know, I'm going to be a math teacher for the rest of my life. Right. So it's just been a crazy journey, but like from 2018 till now, and of course COVID hit. Right. And so, um, but from 2018 till now, my business has kind of shifted a little bit and I'm now doing primarily wedding packages. Uh, still doing some hand lettered laser cuts for nursery names. Um, and then I'm, I'm teaching calligraphy downtown Gilbert at studio two, two, three. I teach there like quarterly or so, or every other month, depending on the schedule. But yeah, that's, that's where I am now. I don't know where I'm going yet because again, it's just like, I'm just kind of rolling with the punches, but, um, my business has been shifting and changing as I change and as I, you know, have different experiences. So I, feel like in the next five years or so, I'll still be doing this. Um, hopefully I'll have an actual building cause I'm still in my home and hopefully I'll have a bigger team by then. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. My story. It's an amazing <laughs> story. So a couple of questions. First, a yeah. calligraphy question. Is calligraphy a standard where everybody's calligraphy looks pretty much the same or does every artist have their own unique style where somebody could say oh yeah that, that's maria's work that's right. that's her way of doing calligraphy yeah yeah great question actually so there are specific styles that you learn right there's copper plate calligraphy which is what i teach um and i actually my class really focuses on learn the rules so that you can break the rules later so yeah, actually both. So yes, there are specific styles that you can study and do. Um, and people request that, you know, like the very pretty fancy calligraphy that you would see on vellum paper for a king and queen, right? Um, but from what I've experienced, as you learn calligraphy, all the calligraphers I've ever followed on Instagram, they develop their own style so you could eventually be like oh that's so-and-so's calligraphy right um i know i have a friend her name is courtney from they call me spindles or spindles co she just recently changed her name and i know her calligraphy the minute i see it you know in any wedding or any mm -hmm. instagram post so yeah they there is specific specific calligraphy styles but also you know developed kind that you know certain artists develop into excellent and then the classes of calligraphy that you're teaching are you are, are these individuals wanting to become professional calligraphers like yourself and create things like that i hope so 
I hope I can inspire people to do what I do or to do, you know, their own creative outlet. But um, that question, I don't really ask like what they're hoping to do. A lot of them just want to learn how to write prettier is mm-hmm. what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, like I, I'm not too sure. Like I never, I should have asked that question in my next one. But there are some uh calligraphers in my classes that come and just take it because they're like hey i actually learned online i've never taken a class so i'm here to do that Mm. so that's always nice to have other calligraphers in the class as well but yeah i guess it just all depends on like what they're there for but that would be cool to find out like why they chose the class awesome should we jump into the business a little bit yeah, one, one more question about oh, yeah, the calligraphy. Okay. I, I was just curious, when you first got started, um, did you notice right off the bat that you had like a natural talent for it? Because like, someone like me, I could never do that, or it would take me a lot of practice to be decent at it, where like my sister, for example, has really good natural handwriting. So I'm wondering, did that come first? Did you notice you had a talent, or did you just you know love the idea of it and did it so much that you you know eventually came good at it? So just kind of curious what your what the balance yeah, and relationship was with that. Definitely uh, another great question. So like I mentioned before, my friend, my best friend since we were five, who I was living with at the time and had recommended yeah. calligraphy as a hobby, she she knew that it was for me. Like and I, I she reminded me just how much joy I had when I would write people's names on their folder, right? So um, I would also do it at my mom's house. I'd write salt on the salt can and sugar on the can. I was just like a writer. I Not a writer like writing techniques, right? But like I just loved to write. So yes, I, I knew, you know, it was for me because like not only did I love it and it, it you know, was able to soothe my depression, but um, it, it was easier to get through the frustration of trying to build a letter um, because I knew that I could, you know, do, I was a perfectionist. Like I just loved doing that beforehand. So I was like, I'm going to do it. But I have had, um, you're right. You know, like someone like you, maybe who, who isn't very patient or like (laughs) doesn't have that artistic ability or maybe, I mean, everybody does, but yes, it would take you probably more practice and more patience than somebody who is, interested or kind of has that natural ability yeah. to write pretty already yeah. but yeah it would take a lot of patience for me <laughs> it would take a lot of patience for me <laughs> do you find yourself spending more time cleaning your pool than you spend swimming in it then you need to get in touch with flamingo pools flamingo pools is your go-to swimming pool maintenance and repair company in the east valley Whether it's weekly maintenance, repairs, green-to-cleans, or one-time cleanings, Flamingo Pools is there to take care of you. Here's a few things that makes Flamingo Pools stand out from the crowd. When you first sign up for service, they'll give you a free complimentary inspection of the pool to make sure everything is running smoothly. They'll also email you a service report with a picture attached after every visit so you know when your pool has been cleaned. They also offer a mineral treatment, which will keep your chemical levels down, allowing you to have a healthier bathing experience. At Flamingo Pools, they know that your pool was made to be enjoyed, so let them handle the rest. Check them out at azflamingopools.com or give them a call at 480-422-6013. Mention this podcast and get your first month of weekly maintenance free. That's azflamingopools.com and 480-422-6013. 
So yeah, jumping into the business. So uh, it kind of seems like there were two phases of the business. The first part where you were going to, uh, what was the name of the place? Tech shop. Tech, tech shop. shop. Um, and it sounds like from there, or it started off as like a natural progression. Like you went to the bank and all of a sudden you came out with your LLC and EIN. So it, it was at that point, was it more of just like a natural, you know, f- slow flow into business? Or was there a certain time where you, you know, decided I'm doing this as a business. I'm going to take it more seriously. What was that kind of like? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Absolutely. It was all natural. It was all God, God driving me towards where I am today. Right. You, I always believe that you are exactly where you are because you're meant to be there it, you, right here, right now, you know, we're, we're meant to be here. So, um, definitely it was all natural. It was just kind of happening and I wasn't really questioning. It I was like, okay, people want to pay me for my calligraphy. Yeah. I'm doing laser cuts. Right. Um, I didn't get serious about it until I had to do taxes for the first time and I, I actually had quit my job, my corporate job full time and I, in 2018, I think that's when it was hitting me. Like, okay, I'm doing business this way. Is this even like, I was busting my butt off, right? Not charging what I was supposed to be. And of course I didn't know that until the end of 2018 when I did my books and I was like, oh wow. Like, for how much time I've been working into for it. free. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a great service. <laughs> literally. And, you know, and I'm so customer service driven. Again, I worked in customer service for so many years that the customer is always right, in, in my opinion, you know, and whatever the customer needs, wants, that's what I'm going to do. And so um, I would bust my butt off for customers and realize, like, oh my gosh, I'm not even charging what like other competitors are charging, right? And so I started looking at competitors and I started looking at like, before I wasn't, before it was just all calligraphy based. It was like nothing. I didn't even know other people did laser cuts. Like I didn't even really look into that. Like I was just in my own lane, having fun. It was a hobby. It was just fun. But then, you know, you do the books, you do your taxes and you're like, oh man, like I just invested all this money into laser and I can't make it back. Like there's a problem. Right. And so, um, that's kind of where I shifted gears Gotcha. and I hired a marketing company which I can't even remember who I hired, honestly. Uh, oh yeah, Broadleaf. Broadleaf is it was their name. Um, and then I kind of shifted a little bit off of Etsy, stopped shipping all across the world because I was shipping all across the world, and stopped with the shipping things because the shipping was getting really difficult because I was doing so many orders that uh, when something would break. Then I'd have to refund, I'd, you know, I'd have to give customers options. And it was just really a lot. So at the time, I started getting requests from local vendors like Bloom and Blueprint and Ding Fine Rentals and Parties on Purpose. I mean, lots of amazing local vendors that, yeah. ho- that pretty much put on your party, right? And they needed laser cuts. So <laughs> as the local thing started taking off, I realized, okay, I don't have to deal with all this shipping chaos and things breaking. So I got off of Etsy altogether. And then um, I was just doing local stuff. So I hired someone to do my website. My website looks so different than what it does look like now. Before it was like a shop. You know, you could check out, add stuff to your cart and check out. But what I realized is 
people weren't really like checking out with items because like it wasn't very clear what I was doing. It wasn't very clear. My business model was not very clear. It was not clear as to what I did, right? It was calligraphy, it was pretty. I did some laser cuts. Maybe I did calligraphy like on actual mirrors or whatever, but people were just like, oh, she does calligraphy. So I was getting literally all kinds of requests. Some that I didn't really want that I still said yes to and taught me a lesson, right? And some that I ended up loving after saying yes. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, I shifted business again. And so it's just been since realizing like, okay, I need to bring in profit. I need to like, you know, make my family proud. I need to also be able to enjoy my family without feeling like I'm working 60 hours a week. Like there needs to be a balance, right? And so since I was always a yes girl, I say was, I still struggle. Um, I could say no now, but it, it just takes me so long to say no. But um, yeah, I, I, I guess I, I keep I keep changing things up because again, if I get to a point where I feel flustered or I feel overwhelmed, I'm like, okay, hold on, wait a second, let me see. Like I'm running this business right. I am the person that like if I'm not well, if I'm sick, my business is not gonna happen, right? And so it's just kind of been like scaling back a little bit thinking about what's important, what is my, what am I selling? What what are people coming to me for, right? I need to make that clear. And so I've been to several life coaches, um, Annette, she's local. Uh, I've also been to Jessica from the Latina Business Coach. She's been phenomenal. She's been on like Forbes and really all these amazing magazines. Yeah, she's phenomenal. Literally just spitting fire all the time. She's on Instagram. Um, so I've, yeah, I've kind of realized as business goes on, you have to, you have to learn from other people, right? And you have to listen to some podcasts and you have to do some things to not better, not just better yourself, but also your business because you are part of your business. You are the drive. So yeah, kind of a long answer to your question. (laughs) Yeah. Have you always had an open mind like that to be willing and and wanting to learn from other people and take other people's advice and, and help you grow? Oh yeah, absolutely. I am a lifelong learner. I love learning from other people. I love teaching other people. I think I'll always have that passion of teaching, um, which is why I'm so thankful for Studio 223 that lets me teach there because it's just five miles from my house and I don't have to go far and I could still teach and keep calligraphy, you know, in my business. But yeah, I've always, I've always, 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 always been very open. In fact, um, there are other businesses that do what I do and I've connected with them and it's been amazing because from Canada, California, uh, New York, you know, they reach out to me and say, Hey Maria, do you know where you get your acrylic from? Or can you share this with me? And I'm always in just an open book. So I, I love to share. I love to make people's life better. Um, yeah. and here's the thing. A lot of people are like, well, that took you years to do. Right. And yeah, that's true. It took me years to learn all this stuff. And, um, I think I'm getting ready to create a PDF file where people could just download and read everything and you know if it's their journey maybe they can go forward with it and um, but it's just been yeah it's it's been interesting to see how many connections I've made by just being so open and yeah. being willing to learn and teach other people For what sure. I've learned a couple follow-up questions you mentioned that initially after you kind of got real like okay i'm a small business owner i've got this laser i need to produce that you hired a marketing company yes what was uh 
your searchlight to find the right company? Uh, were they the right company? How do you know they're the right company? Mm-hmm. What impact did they have? Any suggestions to other entrepreneurs that are listening now that are kind of at that stage where, you know what, I need to look for somebody to help me market my business? Like kind of walk, walk us through a little more detail on how you hired that company and what impact it had. Yeah. So once you like put your business out there on like Google, because I had, I had downloaded the Google app. And then I had put in like some information about my my business. And so now I was able to be, you know, looked for on Google. But I didn't, being a, an entrepreneur, being a business owner, you literally wear all the hats. You, you're a photographer, you're a social media marketing uh, person. You are uh, the person that takes care of all your books. I mean, the list goes on, right? You're literally in charge of everything and you're wearing all these hats so for me when i found the marketing company broadleaf at the time i was just looking for someone that could put me on the first page of google and looking back that wasn't the best choice because i needed way more engagement you know i needed more of my story to be told and that putting me on google as one of the first people that pop up as a calligrapher it actually was terrible because I was getting all these phone calls about hey can you do my invitations and I'm like no 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 like I don't do invitations I had tried that when my kids were younger and it just didn't work ink was everywhere you know so that was a little bit of a mistake I don't think Broadleaf was necessarily the mistake I think it was just that the services they were providing at the time and me having been so busy at the time, I wasn't really checking in with them as often. They had someone I could always call. Um, She was phenomenal. Like I'd call her, ask her a question, you know, she was great and they had great customer service, but I don't think I knew what I wanted. I don't think, again, I was trying to figure out like, what, what am I selling? What, when people come to my page, like I didn't have these questions before. It was just kind of like, Oh, I'm doing calligraphy and I'm laser cutting, you know? Yeah. So look, there I'm on Google. I'm yeah, famous. Yeah. How cool, right? <laughs> but it was doing nothing for my business. So I definitely dumped a lot of money into very silly marketing techniques that didn't help at the time. And so, uh, what I'm doing now is really, trying to market on Instagram more, telling my story more often, you know, taking part in podcasts like this when I get invited. Um, I don't have anybody doing marketing right now. However, again, like I mentioned, I've taken lessons from um, life coaches and other people doing business. And so one of the things that I would advise somebody listening right now is if you do want to build a clientele and you want to build your business, I would say emails, uh, email campaigns, or just get yourself in people's emails because one thing everybody does is check their email every day. Sometimes you don't open it, right? But you check your you emails. You scroll the, through the that. Inbox, yeah. And there's, but there's, a lot of people that I've taught calligraphy actually, when I get their emails to like send them information as to like where you where to get more pens and things like that, a lot of them don't have social media. So I've realized that as much as I love social media and I love to share my story there, there's also power in emails. Even though yes, I know not everybody will open it, they still will keep seeing decoing designs, right? Just like you maybe see your Home Depot keep coming up because you're subscribed there or yeah. whatever, right? 
if you keep seeing this business is in business and you keep seeing that these emails are coming in, you're like, hey, okay, they're still in business, right? You, I mean, they say a consumer sees something they want five times before they buy it. Mm -hmm. Or I've heard something like that, you know? And so it's like, it's true, you know, if you keep seeing something and the best way to get into people's head is through their emails, you know? Especially if they're not gonna be on social media and things like that. So that's an advice that I've learned from another uh, life coach is to use emails. And so right now I'm not really paying for any marketing. Although I think I'm going to try like the knot or the wedding wire, you know, because those are like more wedding focused, yeah. which is kind of where I'm gearing towards kind of being a wedding uh, vendor for the next few years, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where I'm going to put, you know, my next investment for marketing. Um, but for now, I'm just doing email campaigns and letting people know, hey, it's Maria, your local calligrapher doing this and that, you know, my next class is so and so and so. Just keeping people in the loop of things. I think that has definitely helped people come to my website more often and reach out because they're like, oh, hey, I saw an email about Deco Inc. doing this. I should check it back out, you know? And so anyways, that, that would be an advice. Yeah, no, that's a, a good tip that we don't hear very often. So it's a good reminder that email can still be effective if you use it the right yeah. way. I've also noticed that you have quite a big Instagram following though. Is there anything you've done in particular to grow your following so big so fast? You know... So in 2018, when I left the bank and I went full time, I think I only had about a uh, thousand followers or so, which, which was, was huge, right? Yeah. Because like I was still small, you know? And so, um, the biggest change I've noticed as a, as my Instagram connections have grown is I've taken more time in investing in people. So I've reached, you know, I, I comment on people's posts and I ask questions or, um, I'm active on there. Right. And so people are getting to know who I am by me posting Mm. my own comments on their posts, you know? And so, um, that has helped the connections locally has helped, you know, people locally tagging me on all their stuff and, you know, the amount of followers they have, have helped me, you know, Oh, well I like her. So because she's tagging her, I'm going to follow her. And so that has helped, but I think overall is just uh, being completely open, sharing everything I know, um, the connections I've made. The honestly, people people are power. You know, people are what the connections you have with people are what's going to actually get you further. And so, I think we've all heard it's not what you know, it's who you know. And so, I think just being connected with like-minded women and men that are, you know, all about the hustle and they want to get ahead, you know, just like you guys. Right. And so, um, I was in another podcast actually for the, um, the Latina business coach and she had me on her podcast asking me questions. And so I just, just, just getting involved with things I think has definitely helped that following, but you know what? I wish I wasn't so caught up on the following when I first started because I I used to be. I used to be like, oh my gosh, I got another follower, right? Um, And as much as I just said, you know, people, connections are power. At the same time, that I realized is not always going to drive sales. It's not always going to equal profit. There could be, actually, this eye-opener was huge for me. So I went to a convention for the universal laser system that was, they were hosting a kind of like 
learn more about the laser and our new, you know, machines with, it was a partnership with Johnson's Plastic, which is another uh, acrylic company that I buy acrylic from. And so I had gone to their convention. It was like a whole day long and we were just learning things about the laser and how to do, you know, things faster and things like that. And so I met these two women, they were making six figures. They were in their four year, they were four years into their business. It was just on Etsy, um, but making four, six figures. And I was like, what? Like how? I went and checked out their Instagram. They maybe had like 400 people following them. And at that moment I was like, oh my gosh, it really doesn't matter how many people are following you to be successful. Like, why are we so hung up on this number, right? So um, after I reached like 6,000, it was kind of like, eh, whatever. I don't really care. And then we had, um, my husband at the time was handling my social media and we had like a, a bunch of random people ask, do you want more followers? I don't know if anybody listening has had that experience. <laughs> yeah. um, but my husband, and not to put him on the spot, he... You know, he's the type that like if someone calls and they're like, hey, we need your bank account number right now. He would give it to them. <laughs> he's learned his lesson, but we've had What's to go through number, several. <laughs> <laughs> we've had to go through several of those. And I, I love you, babe, if you're listening. Um, but like he had gone into a scam with, you know, and so supposedly we were going to get more engagement. He had paid these guys to do more engagement and. Um, it had added followers to my account, but it was just kind of like, what? Like, where are these followers coming from? And so I went and checked them and I went back to the guy and I was like, at, I think at the time I had also been on the news on channel three. Mm -hmm. And so that gave me a bunch of followers too. So I wasn't sure, like, where are these followers coming from? So long story short, I don't get fooled by those people who want, you know, money for more followers because A, it's not going to equal profit and B, the number of your Instagram following does not determine your success. So, for sure. so just, just remember that. And I ended up having to call those guys and like literally went back and forth and had to like talk to my bank to get the money back and then get all the followers removed. Cause it was just insane. Like, I'm like, no, I don't, I do not want this. This is so sketch, but you know, I don't know what happened. Cause then after that, I just started growing my following so much faster and it's I got okay, to like 10,000 and now I'm like at 11. But again, those numbers don't matter. So if anybody's out there just starting and you got like a small build up of followers, that does not determine your success or your profit. Good, good. So you got on channel three. Did you reach out to them? Did they reach out to you? They actually reached out to one of my friends who then reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to take on that job. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And great exposure. Even though people don't really watch the TV or the news anymore, but uh, just having that, hey, I've been yeah. on Channel 3, having that clip and recording that you can yeah. use, that's, that's excellent. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. I, I also want to touch on, and you mentioned it already, but just the balance of having a family and running a business and how you're able to, to kind of balance that out with having you know such a busy and successful business now. How have you been able to balance that so far? What are some things that you're maybe still working on? What's just your advice to someone else you know who has a family and trying to balance their work life? <laughs> Gosh, guys, because I'm not an expert. Like I said, I'm a yes girl. You're in the trenches. I'm on it. Yeah, I'm still in the trenches. Yeah. You know, they say at five years in business and you're good. Like you... You know, you you've done it, right? And you're that's where the the real profit starts, right? But um, I'm four years in, and whew, 
to say that my husband first started, you know, when I first started doing calligraphy, my kids were young. I was a stay-at-home mom. My husband was at first like, what is this stupid business, right? He was <laughs> not supportive. So if anybody's listening and someone has told you like, your little business sucks or it's not doing anything, like, especially from your own spouse, it's kind of like, ah, oh, that hurts, right? Because mm-hmm. you have so much passion. Um, to now, my husband being the most supportive person in the world with my business, it's been amazing, but it's a challenge too because he has seen that my balance with all of this hasn't been the best. You know, in the beginning, I was all about the hustle. And then in 2019, when I had the biggest season, literally brought in the most money, I was sick that I couldn't even enjoy the fact that I was making more money because I was literally sick, guys. Like, I was working myself to death. Um, If anybody's listening... Uh, definitely time management is huge write down a schedule and stick with it like if Sundays are your like no business no business definitely letting people know clear and simple these are my hours after these hours like don't if you don't appreciate your time and make it sacred and respect your time with your family or just your your self-care no one's gonna respect it so if you don't take care of yourself no one will um not even your spouse no one will know how to take care of you because you don't even know how to take care of yourself so um yeah that that's important the the letting people know exactly your business hours and um being clear as to like when you're open and also having a schedule and being good with time management you know and another thing that has helped is i know people laugh at me when they go to dinner with me and they see that i have two phones because when I got my Deco Ink phone, I thought in the future, I'm gonna be able to hand this over to an employee who could then handle social media. Yeah. And all my business pictures are in here, I'm not gonna have to deal with, right? So when I got that phone two and a half years ago, I thought, oh, this is gonna be great. But um, it actually has been great. I mean, it's hard to handle two phones, but the, that has helped me balance because when I don't wanna do business, I turn that phone off, right? Just put it away. Um, I also, on my emails, I have an automatic email going out to everybody that emails me like, hey, these are our hours. Sorry, we couldn't re- you couldn't reach us right away, but we'll get back to you. You know, So have that automation going on your emails. Make sure anybody that contacts you in any way that you have for them to contact you, make sure that it's automated, that people know your business hours. Um, you can also update your business hours on Google that also guys google is amazing you could actually post lots of pictures you could update your whole business and then google can actually market for you too so um google's been a great tool to balance my life as well but i'd say your schedule time management is huge um that has helped a lot and there's still times guys i will say that i'm doing both i'm doing mom and entrepreneur life where you know, I've got the kids in the living room because, again, I still work from home. My business is still at home. My laser's in an office and all of my shipping stuff, my packaging stuff is in the garage, my spray paint, all the stuff I need is still at my house. So it's it's going to be bittersweet when I leave my house. Um, but I think it's been a great balance so far because when I've had to do business, like someone needs a rush order and they're going to pay the rush fee. Hey, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get to work, right? But I'm still gonna make my kids dinner and, you know, all that stuff. 
Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah. Uh, com- you know, time management problems aren't really time management problems. <laughs> time management problems are commitment problems. Yes. Right? Time management problems are integrity problems where mm. you've given your word and you're not keeping your word. So I love the fact that you've made a commitment to yourself, you made a commitment to your family, and because of that, you keep your word to those commitments. And now it's really easy to say no. It's really easy to say I'm turning this phone off. Yeah. And you have the automatic responders. These are our hours and we'll get back to you tomorrow. So right. I, I love that. I love the, the way that you've managed time uh, around commitment and integrity. Yes. Oh, I didn't even. That's awesome. I love how you put that into words. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. It is a commitment because you're committing to if you wrote it down, this is the time I'm going to do emails, right? And these are the times I'm going to take care of this. And after 5 p.m., I'm not, you know, that's that's a huge commitment. And then it shows, right? And then you could be a lot better at your job. You, you go back the next day, you're happy because you're not so worn out from the day before of not like actually committing to what you said, the time management. And that's awesome. Thank you. I'm going to take that. <laughs> you're welcome just quote him next time yes. right? you're welcome now you've hired a life coach twice yep uh, love that uh, I'm a huge advocate of coaching mm-hmm. uh, you know whether you're an athlete or a business owner like everybody needs coaching yes okay uh, because coaches see things that you're blind to yes and no matter how good you are coaching can make you just a little bit better right oh yes right? and so for those that uh, have never had a coach you know, thinking that, you know, I got this. I'm pretty good. You are pretty good. And and a coach can take it to the next level, that next level. Could you just talk to us a little bit about um, how you sought out your coaches? Yeah. Uh, you know, what you were looking for in a coach, uh, what that was like for you, how you knew that you had found the right coach yeah. to hire the right coach. Could you for talk sure. to us about that? So the first coach, Annette De La Rosa, she's local um, in Scottsdale, Arizona. She is phenomenal, again, at, like you said, seeing what you don't see, right? Um, when I found her Instagram, some I was in the community of the Latinas in Arizona, right? And so I kind of heard about her. And then when I landed on her page and I was watching her Instagram stories and she was talking about balance. You know, and every year I pick a word that I'm going to stick to for the rest of the year, right? And it was 2019 where I got really, really sick, right? So the beginning of 2020, I'm like, I need to figure this out, right? Like, I need to, I need to like balance. I need balance before we even knew COVID was going to hit, right? But um, I seeked her out primarily because my word that year was balance, was actually was simplify. How do I simplify my life so that I can enjoy every aspect of it without always being tired and fatigued and dealing with these illnesses? And so um, I was tired of being sick in 2019. I'm like, this is it. So I went to her for balance and I got just that, you know, she again was very big on what you just said, the time management, the commitment, like doing what you said you were going to do. The the passion was definitely there, right? But it was just like, what, like this. So we did time block. So we, so she taught me how to, you know, block out time for specific things. You know, I'm going to turn off my phone. It doesn't matter if an email comes in, I'm going to turn off my phone during the time that I have production. So all I'm doing is producing items, right? And products. And so maybe in two hours, then I could check my email and do 30 minutes of email. And so time block was huge for me. And then she also kind of 
takes you through her life coach is very 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 insightful because before she even starts with like why you're even there she takes you through your past and so you kind of talk through life experiences that have brought you where you are right today but were never talked about and were never dealt with and so that was awesome because it was like oh I talked about them I could let it go you know and so it was just a great experience so again I seeked her for balance I got that and more and then with my second life coach it was the beginning of this year actually 2021 she was hosting a how to make six figures as a Latina right and I was like hey I'm a Latina, I'm an entrepreneur, you know, I, I want to make six figures, right? right. I want to, that dream of like getting my parents out of that paycheck to paycheck, that's still there, you know? And so I still want to give back to my parents, everything that they did from crossing the border illegally and like risking their lives and our lives and like going through this country, you know, working hard, paying all the bills, paying their taxes, you know, just being good citizens, like, and not being able to retire like the normal American would, you know, they're still working their butts off. It's like, I still want to give that back. So I'm like, Hey, I want to make six figures. So I signed up for her class in the beginning of this year. And she's actually hosting one right now that I couldn't take part in, but, um, I primarily seeked her out for the, the, for wanting more. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by more is I don't mean more money, right? I just mean, more opportunity that that money brings because how can I then bless others through that blessing and so that's really what I wanted and so she taught me a lot as well and then you know who's my next who's my next life coach I'm always looking so I know there's gonna be more life coaches that um it may be the same ones I've had maybe other ones but there's so much lessons to be learned from each other and that's just my favorite thing is that connection so We'll see what happens and what my next, you know, goal is or my next um, next year's word is that's going to lead me yeah. to my next life coach, right? Yeah, so. Awesome. One more thing that I wanted to touch on before we get closing up here is going back to something that we talked about with your initial story of getting started it is the investment that happened because that's a, a big thing that stops a lot of you know entrepreneurs and stops a lot of dreams from getting started is the ability to fund it. And we forget that family and friends is really the first place that we're supposed to kind of look um, to see if that's an option. Right. Um, and so you you had that opportunity. So I just kind of want to, you know, quickly, if you could kind of tell us yeah. what that was like, if there were any terms or if it was just because it was your husband who just gave you the money and, and if it was a lot of pressure that came with it coming from, from yeah. family. Um, yeah, just tell us about kind of the experience of, of getting that investment. And if you, you know, if you suggest going that route for a business owner that needs funding to get started. Great question. So the passion's always been there for me. My passion's always been there. So it actually came to a point where when I found out how much it was and I had to tell my husband, and he was like, oh, I went and seeked out to get a loan. Mm -hmm. And I was approved and I was gonna do the loan. But having that, my husband wanted to so badly invest and give back to me from the years that he didn't believe in me, right? Um, he, you know, I, I had to allow him to gift me that, but also I told him it wasn't a gift. He keeps telling me it's a gift, but <laughs> I keep paying him back. And so it's definitely an agreement that I have on my own because he's like, no, stop, gotcha. you know? But um, yeah, there is an account that I pay to and I'm hoping to build up to that 23,000 and be able to like, 
hey, here's your 23000 Go buy yourself a new car, you right. know? And so I hope to be able to do that. You know, he keeps saying not to pay him back. But there is an account that money is going to that I eventually hope I can get to that 23000 fast yeah. um, to be able to bless him back. But if you are struggling with finances or um, you know exactly what you need, there's you know exactly how much money you need, right, to get started, Go get it. Like, go get a loan. If the passion is there, that investment you make, whether it's a loan or you are having to work extra jobs to make that investment, it's going to pay off definitely in the long run because your passion's there. Um, so your commitment's there, right? And so you're going to get it back. It's going to come back. It may not come back right away within a year. Or who knows? Maybe you will, you know, because you've just you've listened to podcasts, you've taken uh, lessons from other people and you're on top of it, right? And so maybe you are going to make it back in a year, but I'd say don't let finances stop you. Go. If the passion's there and you know nothing's going to stop you, do it. Because I I was going to do it, you know? I would have done it. But And again, right now, I'm actually in a transitional phase in my business where I love being home for the convenience of being with my kids and being there for bedtime because there's nights where I do work long nights because I don't get started till later because in the morning I have to maybe take care of my self-care, right? And so sometimes balancing that also, it's nice, you know, on the nights where I decide, okay, tonight I'm just gonna work tonight instead of working in the morning. And so it's nice to be there at bedtime, but I'm transitioning to where I need a building. Like it's become very apparent. I've taken over an entire office at my house i'm taking over my entire garage now we both park outside <laughs> and now i'm taking over part of my backyard so it's it's very important <laughs> right that i need a building and so i'm actually getting ready to apply for another loan and get out of my house and get in a building and hire more employees so it is very risky right you're like oh my gosh you know i don't i don't have the money to do this but again from what i've seen from doing what I've done and having my husband invest that and being able to see that I'm slowly paying him back and I'm making profit and I'm making a difference and I have a platform and I can give back, you know, that like, I know that this next loan is going to just do that and more. So, yeah. you know, what am I worried about? So yellow, right? <laughs> nope. You're a creator. You went uh, from that side hustle to becoming a solopreneur and now like the next phase like you'll be super successful you're a creator thank you <laughs> uh, you're inspired you'll do great i need those vibes yeah <laughs> well we're excited to have you back on in a year or so and follow yes! up and see what what business is like absolutely yeah i'd love to awesome well we have really enjoyed having you on today and all yeah. the advice that you've shared with us it's really been awesome before we close up we've got a quick little game that we're going to play with you okay um, so how it's going to work is we have a list of 20 questions that we're going to ask okay. and you have a minute to answer as many of them as you can. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We'll see how you square up against the oh gosh. previous guests we've had. I'm not so good, but okay. I'm not the best when I'm put on the spot and I don't know what's going on. So, so if I fail terribly, just know I'm not good under pressure. <laughs> no worries. All right. You want to start us off in three, two, one. Your dream vacation. So many places to go. Bali. Uh, first thing you'd buy if you won a million dollars. A house for my parents. Your favorite hobby. Calligraphy. If there was an Olympic competition for everyday activities, what activity would you have a good chance at winning a medal in? Calligraphy. 
the song you've been jamming to lately oh my gosh anthony ramos uh i don't think you can love me right now i think it says right now right now right now is the song okay uh if you live to be 100 would you rather have the mind or the body of your prime self the mind your favorite holiday christmas uh favorite ice cream flavor Ooh, biscoff cookie mm. favorite fictional character uh oh, this one's hard iron man favorite smell roses what's your nickname muddy chewy Ooh, there we go muddy chewy <laughs> biscoff ice cream i haven't heard that one that sounds delicious oh i've had it it's oh i've had it too i mean i've never heard anybody say, oh, you it's heard anyone say yeah. it yeah no it's yeah, underrated no. but uh good oh choice. that's funny you guys made me say my middle my my nickname because i was born on christmas so my real name it's no longer on my like social security number anymore because it was long story short i'm now just maria bernard but i was born on christmas so my mom and dad named me maria of jesus oh really so maria de jesus and so they would call me mari chewy growing up because chewy is short for jesus so anyways that was it that was it that was was good okay 13 13 questions wow not bad not bad that was hard to like think of real quick, <laughs> and then I have I love so many superheroes. I'm like, which one? Right? Yeah, they're tricky. Um, we'll tell our listeners where they can connect with you or find out more about you if they want to look at your work, come in for a class, or just yeah, learn more about you and your business. Absolutely. So everything that we do, um, whether it's teach calligraphy, wedding packages, or actually laser cut signs, or um, DIYable acrylic sheets all can be found on my website on www.decoinkdesigns with an s.com. Um, there's also an Etsy you can look for me there as well, but it's also all under Instagram. If you go to Deco Ink Designs on Instagram, you'll there's like a little link there and it'll take you to all the places that you can reach me. Um, email always work best, works best. Um, I always tell people when they DM me or they text me because they have my number. I'm like, can you email me please? And I say this not to be rude, but that's how I balance myself, right? Because yeah. guess what? You text me or you DM me. If I'm in the middle of something, you know how you just, I'm that type of person where I can't have like an alert. I cannot have an alert. If I have an alert, I gotta look at it and what it is. And sometimes I'm in the middle of something. I'm in the middle of cooking. I'm in the middle with my kids. I'm in the middle of working. And I don't realize like, oh, I read it and I knew, but like, I don't go back to it. With email, if I'm in the middle of something and I read an email, I can mark it as unread and come back to it because yeah. my email will always alert me that I have an email as unread, right? Versus Instagram, if you have a business account and you mark a message, a DM, as unread, it doesn't alert you. It doesn't stay, like it doesn't say, you have a message still left unread. And if, if it does, you have to scroll all the way down, right, through all those people that have been commenting. And so, anyways, I just, I thought I'd bring that up because it's like, yeah, you, you need to, you need to email me, guys, it's best. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then there's a 10% discount that you get for being like a first time buyer on our website if you're shopping for like a nursery laser cut name. Um, there's also a 10% off for any Etsy items and the Etsy items are for any calligraphers out there that like don't have a laser, but like want to do cool stuff with acrylic. 
and they can buy like acrylic sheets on there and like write on them or it's for that perfect bride that wants to DIY everything and stay you know small on the sign budget and they can just buy all the like place cards the menus the table numbers and write on them and DIY them and paint them you know have fun with it and it's also for anybody that wants to be creative so yeah Awesome. And how, how can they get that 10%? So the 10% is actually on my Instagram. It'll have a code there for you okay. to use. It, awesome. If you just go to my Instagram, it'll be there for, for you to get the code. Perfect. Okay. Well, Maria, thanks again so much for coming on. We really enjoyed you. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. It's yeah. fantastic. Thank have you. Have a great week. You too. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Just a few things before we go. First off, if you or someone you know is an entrepreneur in the East Valley, we'd love to have you on the show. Please get in touch with us by emailing us at localhustlerspodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at localhustlerspodcast. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for the latest news and updates. Also, if you enjoyed the show, please take a few seconds to rate and review and hit that subscribe button. It lets us know how we're doing. It helps us grow so we can reach more locals, entrepreneurs, and help small businesses grow. Thanks, guys.